0: TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. All right. Another edition of the Gophers Show. The Score North Gophers Show is here. Thanks for finding us wherever it is that you find podcasts. Very happy that you have found the Gophers Show. Very happy that I have found... James Murphy, at Murph underscore MN. Were you looking for me? On the Twitter machine. (laughs) Who's saying that? Was that Sting? But I still... No, it's you too. But I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I found you though. Good to see you, Murph. Good to see you. It's been a little bit. Yeah, let's go back right away out of the gate. Let's not waste a ton of time here. Actually, you know what? I should mention Megan Ryan from the Star Tribune at the other Meg Ryan will join us on this Gopher show Here. Momentarily, But before we get to that, Murph and I thought we would chat about our day. Was it Saturday now that we heard about the Zach Anikstead yeah, injury? Yeah, because I was, I was uh,
1: working a, a weekend and I stepped out to uh, send a, a text message to at Brendel Ross, not on Twitter, but on his cell phone. And I, I believe it was something to the effect of, well, the season's over. To, or or something
0: something similar. Are you are you looking for it right now? I, I really should have just had this ready. <laughs> How many gopher shows do I say I'd be a better host if, if I you had, had this ready, if I had read this, if I knew this off the top of my head? But what makes a podcast great is you kinda know what you're gonna talk about, yeah. but you you kinda bob and weave your way through it, That's right? That's true. Just like I'm bobbing and weaving my way through my text messages right through now all the ladies for- I, and i know
1: there's a lot so give give ross a second here while he combs through the the vast
0: uh space of his of his dms i think i found it let's see here this is from you last saturday just to, to set the scene for me i'm at a local establishment in rosemont and i get the alert that Annex Dead's been injured, says he's out indefinitely. This mm-hmm. was an injury that happened last Friday. I think it came to light on Saturday. Very vague. Nothing and, nothing known at the time of, of,
1: of uh of the report being made.
0: And right away I thought of my Gopher Sports compadres, you first and foremost, Daniel House, who joins often on this Gopher Show as well. I didn't have to think much more about you, and my phone went zzz, <laughs> which of course was the sound of it on the table. And it says, do we need to do a pod now that the season's over? <laughs> <laughs> Question mark. It might have been a little, um, what's the word, exaggerated possibly. But Murph, that's what makes. Looking for a reaction. That's what makes you great. And in all honesty, I think what we do here is we kind of take what I call. The 200 level approach because I sit in the 200 level in the corner with my season tickets mm-hmm. and we bring in experts who can more help us right that's true I used to be really good at getting to the open practices getting to the spring games getting down there as much as I possibly could ironically for me as I've come back to sports media it's actually been tougher to do that last time yeah yeah. so to a degree I fully admit I'm a bit of a fraud but that's why we bring in people (laughs) who we both are that's that's fair we bring in people who can help us out a lot more with a lot of the technical things and the things that we're missing but as I pointed out to you I think the Zach Anikstead injury it sucks it stinks for him you feel bad for him yeah. By all accounts, according to some people, he may have been the Week One starter when South Dakota State comes to town. According to Daniel House, who's often on this podcast, yeah. he
1: he was he he was pretty confident in in uh, I believe April or, or or March when we were doing a podcast naming him that he was the best uh, the best odds on favorite to be the starter Week One for the Gophers.
0: Yeah, and there are definitely other people that thought that. I've entirely always understood it. I never 100% got it because I don't necessarily care as much what you do in practice. I care that you show up, that you put in the work, but I care about the results on the field. And albeit the entire team got better as the season went on, but it's undeniable that the bulk of the wins came with Tanner Morgan under center, and the team played better, in my opinion, with Tanner Morgan under center. Yeah, there might be a little bit more limitations with him at quarterback, but at the end of the day, if you win, that's great. Where I really think that this stinks. No matter who won the job, you were going to have a capable backup with experience. Now you don't necessarily have that. Now we're back into the mode and maybe Megan Ryan can help us out a little bit with this. Maybe Seth Green takes some of those snaps if need be. Maybe you're pulling off the red shirt of a Clark or somebody else. I think that a lot will be decided between now and at record date three weeks from today when the Gophers take on South Dakota State. But that was my initial reaction. This is devastating for Zach Anik said. I don't know how devastating it is for the team at this point. Now if Tanner Morgan gets injured, I think that entirely changes things. But as I tweeted and as I told you, for me, this changes the win-loss expectation. Zero. To me, it's the same. I... I put them at seven and five, I think eight and four, maybe officially. Yeah. I still think that number's there. That hasn't changed for me. When I put that number out the last time we recorded a podcast together, James, that was. Didn't matter who the quarterback was. That's what I think the number is. That hasn't changed for me.
1: The only difference, and you already mentioned it, Ross, is that that fact where they would have had the capable backup that you would have trusted, no matter who they decided the starter to be. If they decided it was going to be Tanner Morgan, you know you had Anixtad back there uh, waiting in the wings if something, if 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 Morgan was un, uh, was ineffective or if he got injured himself. Same deal with with now with Annixter being injured. Now you, you you don't really know what's what's next if Tanner if something happens to Tanner Morgan or he's just extremely ineffective and you can't trust him. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know if you're going to have to burn that red shirt of the freshman quarterback. You don't know if you might have to uh, you might have to start Seth Green at quarterback. Something you never thought would happen. So that it, that's the, my only point on it is is you don't have that that flexibility anymore. You're you're
0: you're locked into Tanner Morgan for twenty nineteen. I think on this pod we may spend a little bit too much time discussing kicking, but I am going to bring <laughs> this up again with you, James, because and I apologize if you think we do to all the listeners. There's such a
1: thing as too much kicking.
0: Thanks talk? for listening to the show and finding the Gopher Show. I'm Ross Brendel at Brendel Ross on Twitter. That's James Murphy. At Murph underscore MN on Twitter. The coach said Coach Flex says he wants somebody to step up and win this job. Mm-hmm. When I hear words like that, I'm twice as terrified as I was a few months ago. And yeah. then you see you see tweets again, maybe it's not going so well, which, by the way, that appears to also be a Vikings problem yeah. here early on in training camp too. What is it with <laughs> kicking in this state? And I don't want to lump the Gophers, Gophers into this because good. They, they've had a great run. Right. But I fear, is it possible because they've literally had – a two decades long run of capable, trusting kickers for the most part, maybe it's just heightened for me, right? Where maybe in the end he'll be a decent kicker, like a 70% kicker, which for the college game is pretty good. But that's not really what we're used to here at Minnesota. And I'm terrified in a year where there appears to be a good amount of wins on the table. The team might lose a game that they probably shouldn't because they miss a kick or two, and I'm still al- terrified of, of that.
1: I think you can almost anticipate it. I, I don't think it's a it's a what if they, that might happen. Geez,
0: I'm not even sure I would say that.
1: Well, I just think it's it's this team is they they should be good, but that's a big question mark, and it's something that's been so solid as you mentioned for a decade or so, and where where no matter who who it was. I mean especially Emmett Carpenter over the last the last few years he's been about as solid as it gets for college kickers I just I I, I just feel, I have a feeling that a game is going to at some point come down you're going to have a lot of difficult opponents this year none that none that are unbeatable which is almost a first that I can remember but a, a, a lot of these games should be pretty close Nebraska Purdue Wisconsin those should all be relatively close games and if it comes down to a kick we don't even know who the kicker is yet so I I don't really want to get too far down that road because that's dangerous that's dangerous to get my blood my blood pressure spiked on something like this in in, in early August but I, I do think it's something to
0: keep in mind that's for sure well let's stop from going down that road any further are you my doctor we, <laughs> we, we talked about the Zach Addick's dead injury here out of the gate Uh, Megan Ryan from the Star Tribune can help us talk about that, maybe give us a little more detail than we've been able to give. She also wrote a great piece on Tyler Johnson that I want to touch on. So in just moments, the other Meg Ryan, her Twitter handle, that's a top 10 Twitter handle. It's pretty good. It's better than ours. At the other Meg Ryan, Megan Ryan from the Star Tribune joins the Gopher Show in just moments welcome back to the Gophers show. Of course I am Ross Brendel at Brendel Ross on Twitter, James Murphy at Murph underscore Mn on Twitter and as mentioned, you are listening to the Score North Gophers show and before the break we noted we were going to be joined by Megan Ryan from the Star Tribune at the other Meg Ryan on Twitter and Megan we joked before going to break in the first segment. I'll give you props. That is a top 10 in my book Twitter handle. I can't think of many that are any better than that because I love the humor behind it. So <laughs> if if you don't mind I'd love to give you a compliment on that. Very nice job, very well played. <laughs>
2: Well, thank you. You know, when you have a name like Megan Ryan, anything to
0: stand out. It Stand Out, you do so for many reasons. Not just the Twitter handle, but the great work at the Star Tribune. Uh, One thing that piqued my interest was your recent article on Tyler Johnson, The Pride of the North Side. Both, Both Murph and I, say that five times fast, read that article, thought it was fantastic. So we wanted to get you on to talk about it. And Megan, just in general, Tyler Johnson seems like a very great, humble person, and he has this love for where he grew up, and I find that endearing. I grew up in an entirely different part of the state, but I think a lot of us tend to have an affinity with where we grow up, and it's awesome to see how much he loves the north side of Minneapolis, and that had to be a fun article and a fun piece for you to write.
2: Yeah, I mean, I really was. Um, I actually got the idea a year ago because I helped out. I wrote a story on Tyler um, a year ago at the Gophers Media Day, and then it was just you know ahead of his junior season, we were kind of looking at him as a breakout. Um, so I sat down with him for like 20 minutes and we talked and. Um, God bless him, he's a great kid. But when you talk about football sometimes it gets a little routine with these guys and so when I really saw his personality break out as I started asking him, Oh, don't you have a bunch of sisters or you're from you're from Minneapolis, right? And like so then we started talking about his home and his family and he just lit up um and just loved talking about that side of it. And so in the back of my mind I was like, Dang, somebody should do a story about that. Like maybe it's already been done. Um and I kinda just like filed that away. And then lo and behold, I became the Gophers writer. And I was like, well, I know what my first story is going to be. Um, it's going to be Tyler Johnson and going home to North Minneapolis with him. Um, and it was just interesting to me that, you know, he's a kid that obviously everybody knows, the local product. It was a big high school star, stayed with the Gophers. Um and everyone's written, you know, that he's from North Minneapolis and maybe have even done stories about what it means to him, but nobody has actually gone there with him to see it through his eyes and to meet his family and to see his high school and to see how the people interact with him and to see what he means to that community. And so that was really important to me to do that side of it, not just, you know, have him say, oh, yes, I love North Minneapolis, but to have him show me why, but um, and I think it was a cool thing to just to get to know that community, too, because there's a lot of people that, you know, had heard about North Minneapolis growing up or have this kind of idea of what it's like over there, and they've never actually been there. And so I was trying to be that conduit to say, you know, here's what that place is like for the people that do live there, and here's, you know, what they love about it, and here's some of the struggles they have with it. But, you know, it made this great kid, and, like, it'll it'll make more great kids than um, so, yeah, I, I, it, was really, it was a story I was really passionate about, and I've been thinking about it for like a year, so it was really cool to get it done, and I you know, can't thank Tyler and his family enough for being so gracious and showing me around.
1: Megan, did did Tyler open up as to why he decided to to stay there rather than you know with open enrollment in, in Minnesota? Um, th- there's a lot of you where, where maybe you you go where is going to be best for you if you if you have a a future playing football and obviously Tyler has proven that with going to the Gophers and, and obviously looking at a potential NFL career. Um, did you talk to him about about uh, uh, what how important it was to stay in North Minneapolis, go to high school there, and then even stay stay in the area by going to Minnesota? um uh, for college
2: yeah i mean we did talk about that stuff but you know classic tyler is you know he's about to be 21 at the end of august um when he was making that decision he was in the eighth grade so he wasn't thinking so deeply about well i gotta stay here and like be a representation of my community you know he was like 12 years old he probably didn't really think about that he obviously had opportunities to go anywhere he wanted especially for sports i think the closest was academy of holy angels um His basketball coach, actually, later on at North was the coach at Academy of Holy Angels when they were trying to recruit him to play football and basketball there. So he was very near to doing that. Um, and the funny thing is the reason he actually decided to stay, he made it, like, maybe two days before school started. And he was like, you know, I'm going to stay in North Minneapolis because North High School is, like, seven blocks from my house. And then I don't have to get up at 5 a.m. and bus, you know, down south <laughs> to Academy of Holy Angels. And that was his thought process. And it wasn't really, like, some big momentous decision. But he said, okay, that was why I made it the first time. But looking back, I realized, like, that was such a good choice to stay uh, because of, you know, what it meant to the community and what I've done and how it kept me involved in that community. Um, And, like... I think he even said that after his freshman year, they only won two games, you know, his football team, and they weren't great, even though he was starting as a freshman, but he's not a very good loser. He kind of termed himself a sore loser to me, and so he said, I, even after freshman year, I was like, oh, God, maybe I should leave, like, maybe I should go somewhere else, but he and his friends, you know, all decided to stick it out. They kind of realized, like, okay, we're playing now as freshmen, a whole bunch of us, um, and we suck right now, but... You know, three, four years, we might be pretty good. And that's actually what turned out to to happen. So, yeah, I think now, looking back on it, there's all these reasons of why he stayed and wanting to be close to that community and wanting to, you know still be a part of it. But at the time, it was really just simply that he didn't want to get up as early, which I identify with. so
0: <laughs> I think a lot of us do. that's that's a main driving force for a lot of us in uh, in the world whether whether it should be or not. I mean, I, I don't know i I typically out uh, love my sleep too, so count me <laughs> count me in that category as well. The Tyler Johnson story on the football field is a great one too. You you talk about a player that when he got there, I think people knew of all the potential, but nobody maybe knew quite what it would be, maybe what the finished product would be. And, and right now, Megan, we're looking at a player that, uh, if you if you believe preseason draft boards, you're looking at a player that could go in the first or second round did, did you uh, i know the article talks about it a bit but were you able to dig deep with him about how much that fuels him or is it really just kind of going with the process and doing what needs to be done and the results will take care of itself or does it fuel him to potentially be a first round draft pick uh you know
2: the thing about about Ty is he's so He is really so laid back, and I think I mentioned that in my story, and people, you know, describe other people as that all the time, but when it comes to Tyler, he actually is, he's incredibly laid back, and I really don't think he processes a lot of, like, the expectation or what he needs to do or what it means to go first round over second round or whatever. Um, To him, it's just, you know, he's doing his best. He's kind of moving along. And that's kind of the same way he does all of the stuff with his community. I think if he stopped to think about how many people are looking up to him and how many people want him to succeed and, you know, how many people would be disappointed if he didn't go in the first round or if he, you know, didn't get drafted at all for some reason, like, I think that would get to him. And so he doesn't. He he really is very much kind of like, this is what I'm doing. I'm, I'm doing it right way and, like, things will work out as they should which I think is an awesome way to look at it, because it probably saves him from a lot of anxiety. Um, But, you know, I mean, his focus is just to have another good season. He... At the U, he has like progressively gotten better every single season. He went from you know starting one game as a freshman to starting all of them until he got injured as, like as a sophomore in the last two games, and then junior year was this huge breakout year. And so you know if you follow the pattern, he should have another really good year, and he's got all of the kind of stars aligning that should make that happen. Um, sure, like if he got a little bit faster, would that improve his draft stock? Absolutely. Um, and I'm sure that he's working on that in the weight room. I'm sure it's not like something he's just like, oh, whatever. I'm sure that's a focus for him. But um, at the same time, you know, as long as he doesn't get injured, I think that and has, like, you know, a, a pretty good season as equal to last year, if not better, he's going to be fine. Uh, the whole thing with NFL draft is just, I think, a lot of importance, especially for receivers, is put on that speed part of it. Um, but if you look at, like, the overall aspect of Tyler's game, I think P.J. Fleck kind of put it best of, Tyler's got the clutch factor which is that he will make the catch he will make those amazing runs like he will do those things um and if you can do that like does it matter if you don't have the the greatest four-year dash time maybe not like you're either clutch or you're not um and Tyler is clutch so if people will see that then then he's definitely got like a great future ahead and you know even if he doesn't go first or second if he goes in the third or whatever like I'm sure it's going to be okay. Megan, I want
1: to turn your uh, your attention to the really the news of the week with with Zach Anxted suffering the the foot injury on on Saturday that broke and uh, him being out indefinitely. I know he underwent surgery on Wednesday, but that's about all I know. So can you just update the audience as to the status of, of Zach Anxted and what we can expect going forward?
2: Um, well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty much it. He had surgery on Wednesday. I think he was supposed to have it on Monday, but it got pushed back for whatever reason. Um, so he had surgery on Wednesday. He was actually scooting around practice on Tuesday, was it? They had practice this week. Um, and he was, you know, had his right foot all booted up and he was kind of on a little scooter and he was around with the quarterbacks, you know, giving them feedback. Tanner Morgan actually joked that he's going to become the assistant quarterback coach for this season <laughs> while he's injured. So, you know, I mean, it. That's kind of what it is. He had the surgery. It went well. Now it's just kind of a waiting game. Um, I don't know. I I expect he's going to take a couple weeks to recover, so we're probably not going to see him around practice that much. And then after that, it kind of just depends on how fast it goes. P.J. Fleck left the door open that he could come back at some point in time this season, depending on how the recovery goes. But I think for all intents and purposes, you know, the plan is to, to stick with Tanner Morgan for the foreseeable future, if not the entire season. Um, and then it just becomes about who his backup quarterback is going to be between those two true freshmen. So, yeah, and I, you know, it's, that's really a really tough break for, for Zach. I feel kind of bad for him because he had those injuries last year that kind of limited what he could do. And I, I don't think he really felt like he showed it all of his capability last season. So I know he was really looking forward to winning the quarterback battle again this year and really showing what he can do. So it's just a tough break.
0: Megan Ryan from the Star Tribune at the other Meg Ryan on Twitter is our guest here on the Gopher show Megan in the first segment I mentioned for me at least and you can correct me if I'm wrong and feel free to interject for me the expectations for this team hasn't changed the only thing my expectations where they might change would be if for some unfortunate reason Tanner Morgan suffered another injury where he or excuse me not another injury a injury where he would miss significant time. For me, I think the expectations are the same. I I think for me, I think they're a seven and five, eight and four team. I I hope better, but my expectations right around eight and four. And and for me, I think that was going to be the same no matter who the quarterback was. The only thing that changes it for me is if the two guys who got the significant run last year don't play very much at all this year. But is it fair to have that in their – for fans to have that in their mind that maybe their expectations don't need to change all that much? The team played very well under Tanner Morgan, beat Wisconsin, won a bowl game. Tanner Morgan played well. For me and I think many others, I just – my expectations haven't changed other than like you said, I do feel really bad for Zach Anikstead. I know he had a chance to win the job, but at the end of the day for wins and losses, my thoughts on the upcoming season haven't changed a ton.
2: Yeah, no, and I think that's kind of fair. I don't think this injury necessarily turned anyone into panic mode. I know that, like, if, let's say, like, Tanner Morgan didn't exist and then it was kind of Zach and these two freshmen, then it would be a huge difference, right? Um, I do think that, you know, Zach had a real good chance of winning that quarterback battle. I just kind of had the sense that that he would be the starter opening day. But, um, you know, if it were Tanner to have won it or whatnot, like, I don't think that's really that much of a difference. And that's kind of the beauty of this team. Um, I don't know how to phrase this exactly nicely, but the fact is, is that their offense is stacked, right? So, you know, as long as you have a solid quarterback, like someone who is going to be able to distribute the ball and like, not just like a terror (laughs) or some kind of like liability, this team is going to do pretty well because you've got two awesome receivers in Tyler Johnson and Rashad Bateman, and you've got a stacked running back group. That's probably going to be, you know, Rodney Smith and Muhammad Ibrahim to start the season. Um, The tight ends are looking better. Like, there's a lot of hype around Brevin Ford, I know, and and Jake Paulson's getting a lot of hype, too. So, I mean, you've got a lot of options on that offense. Um, And so as long as you have a quarterback that can get the ball to those receivers, that can hand off the ball to those running backs, you know, that can run this system with confidence, um, that's kind of what you need. And the beauty of it was that Zach and Tanner can both do that because they both split the season last year. They both have experience doing it. Um, and I guess the bonus with Tanner is the fact that he ended last year and got all those high notes for the team, whether it was the Wisconsin victory or the bowl game. Um, so he's really kind of coming off that momentum that the whole team is coming off of. And if he can continue that, um, then I think maybe that's even an added bonus. Um, so I think that will be really interesting, but I, yeah, you know, the the eight and four, you know, that's a good, that's a good barometer, I think, um, you know, I think Sid Hartman maybe said they had the capability to win 10 um, and that's on Sid, but, <laughs> but, you know, I think that they've got a lot of opportunity. I think it's going to be a really interesting season. The schedule is certainly very favorable. So um, I think it'll be an interesting one to watch.
1: Megan, you just humbled me because I picked him to win 10 games too. So I'm, I'm Sid Hartman. That's that's wonderful. Um, so last year we saw a lot of, of Seth green in, in, uh, playing wildcat quarterback. Do you think that, especially with the injury to Zach, that, that we could see uh, if not the same amount of that uh, this year, maybe, maybe a little bit more just to take the burden off of, uh, off of Tanner Morgan. as as he's the guy going forward. Yeah, I know. I
2: definitely think so. Like that wildcat quarterback thing was something that I don't really think any of us Sort of stock coming. I think I was actually at that game when he first checked in. I was helping out, um, and everyone was like, "Oh my God, what's he doing in there?" <laughs> it was like kind of this exciting thing. But that worked really well for them last year because, uh, you know, Seth is he, he's kind of carved this position for himself, right? Obviously, he was a quarterback in high school. He, you know, technically a wide receiver on this team, but um, he has got the the body and the athletic ability to be able to push in those those kind of rushing touchdowns and to get those things. Um, And that was something that Zach and Tanner didn't quite have last year, That same mobility. Obviously Tanner's got a little bit more of it. Um, Zach was hampered by those injuries, so I guess we didn't really get to see the full picture. But I definitely think that that's going to be something that's utilized just as much this year, maybe a little bit more. I do know that since since Zach's injury, Seth has been kind of working into the quarterback room a little bit more than he had. Um, He took pretty much the whole spring off because he had his own injury, um, a lower leg injury. So he wasn't really doing much wildcat quarterbacking at all. I think he was mostly in the receiver room too. So, um, you know, it's kind of brushing it off for him. But I think that's definitely going to be working in. You know, I've heard, I've seen some people be like, well, maybe Seth could be the backup quarterback. I wouldn't take it that far. I think you know, they're really interested in what those two freshmen could do, Cole Kramer and Jacob Clark. And in fact, Jacob Clark looks pretty dang good he had a really good throw in the spring game and he's looked pretty good at, at camp so far so I wouldn't be shocked you know if you see you know some of these non-conference games they get up or whatnot and you see Jacob Clark come in I think he could um, you know he's gonna get some really good experience this year which would be good for them too.
0: As we record this podcast Megan the uh, Gophers first game three weeks from today against South Dakota State is there right now from where you're sitting what's the biggest area of concern for the team? Maybe things that they still need to get corrected before that first game or just generally maybe something that carried over from last year into this year. My my guess would be you're going to say it's something on the defensive side of the ball. They were obviously much better the second half than the first, but I'm looking for an area of weakness that I need to be prepared for week 1. What do I need to be prepared to look at and hopefully not get entirely let down by?
2: Well, I guess the defense would be the pretty obvious answer. Um, just the fact that that was their weak spot last year. Um, however, you know Joe Rossi came in in the interim as defensive coordinator, and he really did kind of work wonders on them. And that's really what helped them at the end of the year have some of those really good results, is that their defense turned it around a lot. So seeing what Joe Rossi can do with that side of the ball now that he's had, you know, not taken over in the middle of the season, but now that he's had a whole off season kind of to prepare and get his system in and whatever. Um, I think that'll be really interesting to see if he can continue the momentum that he started last year. Um, but on defense, you know, there's a, there's a bunch of open spots, and I think the biggest fear, there's some on the defensive line, and uh, that's going to kind of work itself out. But the biggest question mark is probably the secondary. You know, you've got Anton Winfield back at safety, um and he's coming back, and that's going to be really good because people have been kind of waiting for him. He's had injuries the past few season after having a pretty solid freshman year. So seeing what, what he can do now that he's back and healthy, I think people are going to be excited about. But the other safety spots, the two cornerback spots, are both pretty wide open, um, and there's some good options back there, but I don't know if it's anything is necessarily decided. So that will be interesting just to see who, who gets those spots um, and what they can do, and then what you know Winfield brings back, uh, kind of leading that that area as one of the more experienced guys I guess at this point, even though he hasn't played all that much. So, yeah, that's probably one of the biggest question marks for me.
0: The last couple podcasts that we've recorded, the last couple Gopher shows, Megan, I've talked about I just wake up in the middle of the night basically panic-stricken that the <laughs> team's not going to be able to kick the ball through the uprights this year. Am I Am I overthinking that? I've definitely uh, followed a lot of people, know some people who get down there a lot more than I do. Is kicking also maybe a concern, and I'm trying not to lead the witness here, but I just I want to be I, I just want to know, do I need to be terrified of it, or is it going to be capable?
2: Well, I don't know if you have to be terrified. At the end of the day, this is football, and one day we all die. So yeah, they would be more terrified about our impending doom than I would be about the <laughs> goldfish kicking. Now, However,
0: that I entirely oh. agree with. I, I do want to point that out. I entirely agree with that.
2: Um, however, the kicking, yeah, I mean that's going to be that's going to be interesting, obviously, because you know I a Carpenter he was a great kicker, um, he did some good stuff, and so he's now gone, uh, and the job that's another job actually that's pretty wide open. I will say, uh, oh god, I feel bad. I hope nobody's listening. I will say from the practices that I've been to that I've seen the kicking, it hasn't been great, but it's still early in camp. You know, there's a lot of time for those things to work themselves out. So it'll be, you know, that'll be interesting. Uh, and the good news is, is that there's there's a few people that can on that team that can kick. And so if one doesn't work out, you try again. And. You know, if not, we're just following the legacy of the Vikings and everyone <laughs> is happy. So <laughs>
0: and, and, you know what, Megan? I no longer care about any kicks making it through the upright. Now I I'm too consumed with worrying about my impending doom. So <laughs> that That's
2: kinda of my MO is just to make people like wonder about their own mortality.
0: So. I you know what? Suddenly I feel great. I'm here, I'm happy, I'm smiling. Yeah. It's a beautiful day today. Life is good. Megan, thank you so much for the time today. We appreciate the insight. Love the article on Tyler Johnson. and I've long appreciated your work, especially since you started assuming some of those gopher duties. So thank you very much for joining us today on the Gopher Show, and we'll do it again soon.
2: Awesome. Thank you, guys.
0: That's Megan Ryan from the Star Tribune. Again, the other Meg Ryan on Twitter. If you haven't read the article she wrote on Tyler Johnson, check it out right now at StarTribune.com. Uh, great stuff there from Megan. Yeah. I, I I thought the the insight on how the quarterback – I guess – I don't know if it's a battle anymore. I mean, we know who the starter's going to be, but mm-hmm. just maybe who that second and third quarterback right. might be. And, and odds are they're going to play at some point this year.
1: Yeah, at some point I would think, especially in the non-conference, you'd, you'd think maybe maybe uh, maybe one of them gets in. And and uh, what I think, too, is I think you're going to see a lot more of, of Seth Green, too. I think that's going to be a big part of the offense. It certainly was last year. Um, and I guess we don't have to worry about kicking anymore or do we
0: no I don't think we do <laughs> and I actually I mean she said it definitely jokingly but I do think it's a good thing to mention as we close here at the gophers show she is right we come here we talk about games wins and losses right but we've mentioned numerous times especially when talking about the basketball team on their NCAA tournament run the football team last year at the end of the day these are these are college kids mm-hmm. right it's 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 amateur athletics it's college athletics it really is not. Life and death. I thought that was awesome. Yeah. I'd be more worried about my imp- your impending doom than the, than kicking. the kicking situation. That's, that's good stuff. But then she
1: did savage the <laughs> kickers a little bit, which I appreciate. <laughs> I, that's always that's always a good talking it, point.
0: It is a classic college thing, though. I mean, you watch a lot of college oh, football like I do. There look, are- at,
1: look at even – Alabama can't get a kicker. I mean, it, if, if they can't, then – that's why I feel a little bit better about it because it's not like anybody has a good kicker either. So it's, it's fine.
0: You took the words right out of my mouth. I was just going to say Alabama, and there's been times – Do you remember that one bowl game we even talked about it? Team brought out a kicker, took a timeout.
1: Oh, switch kickers! Yeah,
0: switch kickers, (laughs) and then he missed it.
1: Yeah, I. That's the. That's why you have to have one. Teams talk about if you have if you have two quarterbacks you have zero quarterbacks right. Yeah. Well, if you have two kickers, I don't think you have a. Yeah. You might have a negative kicker if you have two kickers.
0: I know I'll get savage for this. We've talked way too much kicking well, in the last few podcasts. At least so you we'll didn't, you didn't rip on the old <laughs> golfer fans, so that's. <laughs> and I never did. Those were. <laughs> Words taken out of context. Murph, right. should we get out of here and do it again real soon? Yeah, absolutely. All right, we'll try and do this again before the season starts. Actually, not try. We will.
1: We will. See, we'll do a breakdown. I'm sure we'll pick the games, and that'll be fun.
0: I think I got somebody who can break down South Dakota State for us, too. So Touchdown, that's, Jackrabbits. That should be a ton of fun. Murph, it was a ton of fun this time. It was, absolutely. And we'll do it again soon. Thank you for listening to The Gopher Show. I'm Ross Brendel, at Ross on Twitter. Got to get that in. And what are you, at Murph underscore MN on You know on Twitter. what I am. I know. I just wanted to say it. All right. We're out of here. That'll do it for the Gopher Show. See ya.